0: Blog Talk Radio
1: It's called "My Foolish Heart," and welcome to Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And today's guest is Ron Priya, and that is from his latest CD, "Remembering Blakey." That's a tribute to the to Art Art Blakey. Sorry, I was like stumbling over my words here. But um, if you would like to go into the chat room, the chat room is open and. Um, if you'd like to call in, 347-677-1036. And that would be a really great phone number to call in. And, you know, Ron is a really amazing man. He's worked with some amazing, just unbelievable people like um, just Lionel Hampton, Lee Armstrong. Um, he's also a composer, arranger, producer, saxophonist, clarinet, and flute. And he's performed with Woody Herman, um, Tito, uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Puente, Frank Foster, and you know what's really cool also is in 1974 Ron recorded with John Lennon and Elton John on the album entitled Walls and Bridges. So he, um, the all-star, you know he, you know the horn section included Howard Johnson. Frank Vercari and Steve Medico. Medio, I'm sorry. I'm really bad with last with words. <laughs> but Ron is an amazing artist and this is just so cool. I was so happy when Ron wanted to be on the show because not only is his family musical, he's musical, and this I mean, this music's amazing. So I'm going to bring Ron in. He's going to talk a little bit about what he wrote on this and and how he um, decided to do this as a tribute album. And um, if you'd like to call in again, it's three four seven six seven seven one zero three six. Ron, are you there? I'm
2: here. Here I am.
1: <laughs> there you are. <laughs> oh, my God. That song, I, when I heard it, you know, it was really hard. First of all, it was really hard to choose. Uh, music on this album Because every single one of them is, are, are really great And there are 12 tracks on this uh, LCC CD And when mm-hmm. I when I emailed you And I said What do you want to play the, For opening and closing Well I like 1 through 12 <laughs> Like oh my god You oh, were yeah. I mean, so everything, funny That was so cute
2: Everything on the album is there um, You know because Because I, I love them There were some tracks that we recorded That I eliminated They just didn't um, they just didn't feel right, so everything that um, that wound up going on the CD were all all cuts that um, that I would uh, not not be afraid to play on on you know anybody's station. So so you know just take your pick. That that tune, My Foolish Heart, has always been a a favorite of mine. And uh, I uh, my wife uh, Angela De Niro um, she she said uh, you think you can do that tune? She says I just love it. So I I I, I do that for her. And it's it's, it's it's one of one
1: beautiful. of. beautiful. And um, let's talk about the tracks on this because I know you wrote a lot of these and rewrote them and mm-hmm. and you have some amazing people playing with you. Um, why don't we talk about some of the other tracks that are on here? Flown the Coop, let's talk about that one.
2: All right, Flown the Coop uh, was written by uh, a composer uh, and dear friend of mine, Paul Brusker. And mm-hmm. um, he, he, the, the chord, the harmony structure of that, that mm-hmm. tune is... Uh, is based on on the the old standard "Sweet Georgia Brown," and mm-hmm. um, and he put his own melody to to uh, the "Sweet Georgia Brown" chord changes, and um, and it's a, it's kind of a bright. It's probably the, the fastest, the one of the faster tunes on the album, anyway. And uh, it features uh, Joe Magnarelli on trumpet, and Jerry Wilden on tenor saxophone, and me on on the alto. Um, but in the rhythm section, we had Vince Cherico, uh, world class drummer, uh, Cecilia Coleman on piano, Cecilia. Is a, a, a wonderful composer in her own right um, and arranger, uh, and she's done a lot of recording with me over the years, and we're we're very close friends, and I I, I love her playing and I and I love her writing, so she's on piano, and I had uh, Tim Gibbons um, um, on bass. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, if you want to go to Ron's website, it's Ron R O N A A P R E A dot com. And you have a lot of your music on there, um, mm-hmm. One Stop Productions page. Um, you can also go there and look at it. Uh, you've you've done some amazing stuff. I mean, you've you played at the Apollo Theater. Um, you performed at the Far- the Paramount Theater with uh, King Curtis Big Band.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I. I just you started. Uh, let's talk about the 1974 session with John Leonard, and John. How that happened?
2: All right. Well, Steve Steve Madeo, the the trumpet uh-huh. player uh, who who called me for that was a he was living <clears throat> on Long Island. He lives in California now. But Steve uh, 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 is a is a friend of mine. Still is a, a, a very close friend. He was the the contractor for that for that session. And it's pretty funny how it how it happened because Steve and I would talk on the phone all the time. And we would play rehearsals, we would make jam sessions and, and go to parties and whatever, and so, you know, socially as well. And he called me uh, one night, and we're on the phone for a few minutes, and uh, he says, Oh, by the way, he says, What are you doing tomorrow night? I said, um, Let me think for a second. No, I'm okay. I'm open for tomorrow night. What's going on? He says, Well, he says, um, he says It's a, a, a recording session. And he left it at that, and we continued our conversation and, and small talk for a while. And um, before we hung up, I said, oh, by the way, Steve, I said, uh, who's the session with? He says, oh, it's with John Lennon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so that's how that came about. And I wow. said, you're kidding. He says, no. He says, no. He says, it's a thing. He says, it's at uh record plant uh, tomorrow night. It was all last-minute stuff. I, I had no idea it was, it was going to be, uh, I mean, anything serious.
1: What
2: was serious. that like? Was that, was that cool? Was it a good night? Yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, actually. Uh I shouldn't. I don't know. It, it became a lot of fun. Uh, initially, it was it was a little strange because uh, there were five five horns, and mm-hmm. uh, and I asked Steve. It's it's customary when there's when there's three or four or five horns that there's that there's arrangements. Uh, so I asked Steve if I can see the the alto parts, and he said, uh, "Well, there's no there's no music." I said, "Come on!" I thought he was oh, kidding. Wow. I said, "Come on!" I said, "Let me see the alto parts." <laughs> so he said, uh-huh. It's really, he says he's a little nervous he says there's no music he says, but it's okay it's okay so just just so um, uh get, it gets easier as you go he says, just listen to me <laughs> so,
1: well, so it, turned, it was funny we were
2: kind of just playing by ear and, and making up the parts as we were going and of course mm-hmm. lennon uh, lennon uh, would be uh, sitting in the control room and uh and listening to what we were playing if he liked it uh, we, would, we would leave it if he didn't if he didn't like it or he, he would ask us and uh, and in many cases, what we thought, and any mistakes or whatever, and if we th- we told him it was cool, he would say okay, and he would just you know. So so it was kind of like hitting and missing, you know.
1: Mhm. Dif-
2: different and, kind of and you
1: played with Elton John that night too. What was Elton yeah, John well, like to work with?
2: Well, actually, Elton John, um, his his voice tracks already down. I never really. Got, got oh to meet wow. That. Yeah.
1: That well that was, that's. That's just an amazing... That's something really cool to add as a as a separate little thing because most of your work I've seen has been in the jazz world and um, playing with some of the greats and bands and stuff and also with other people, other vocalists. And to see the John Lennon thing, because there's always a common link in most of my shows, and that's John. And I know mm-hmm. you're friends with May as well. So that's really cool that... This went down. Um, I, I I really think your website's really cool because also what's really nice. Is there's favorite quotes on there, mm-hmm. and I love the quote for it by Lionel Hampton, where he said, "Ronnie used to be my first saxophone player, and he turned out to be one of the greatest saxophone players." <laughs> that's
2: awesome. Yeah, that's that is Yeah, that, uh, that that warms my heart. Uh, well, Hamp and I were, were were very very close friends right up until uh-huh. we passed. Um, you know, and, uh, not only did I, I, I toured with his band for years and, uh, um, spent a lot of time on, on, on the bandstand with him, but, uh, later, uh, we, he, he had, uh, he had a, suffered a couple of strokes and I, and I bumped into him one night at a CD release party in the city and, uh, you know, we started talking and it was, he just, he just, just amazed me with his memory. He, we started talking about things that, you know, back in 1969, 1970 that, that, uh, he was telling me stories that I, that I had forgotten, you know, and, and when the night mm-hmm. we, we met for the first time and when he knocked on my hotel room door, I was practicing my clarinet. I had, I had flown into, uh, Michigan, uh, Lansing, uh-huh. Michigan to join the band and, um uh, and I was practicing in the room, and I hear a, a knock on the door. and I thought maybe somebody was going to complain that I was playing too loud. And I open the door, and it's Lionel Hampton. <laughs> and he comes walking in. He says, "Hey, man!" He says, "Hey, Gates!" You know, he says, "Welcome to the band." And and he came in the room. We we sat there talking and talking. I couldn't believe here I am. I was, I was kind of like a young guy, a kid. I'm starting out in the business, and here I am sitting in my hotel room with Lionel Hampton. You know, so it was wow. a, a, yeah, it was it was you know a, a, an amazing thing. And, and he
4: that's epic. So,
2: so we started talking, you know, we, when when I bumped into him at the CD release party, we we talked about that night when I joined the band, and, uh, um, you know, he just, uh, he was one of these people, I just, he had like a photographic mind, and so I would visit him, you know, Angela and I and Matthew, we, we'd we go up to his apartment in the city, and Angela used to bake him this uh, peaches and cream cake, which she loved, you know, so she would bake these cakes, and we'd go up there and hang out, and listen to music, and just, and just spend some time, and so we became very, very close. He he was like, like my you know, as close as my father was to me, you know.
1: And, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know. And I know that your son, um, Matt, um, is also a player and I'm reading that he was on uh the chew. I was reading I'm reading it and looking at a lot of things. This is really cool. Actually how does he's gonna be on tomorrow. Interested? Yeah. Matthew's gonna be on
2: the chew he's gonna be on the chew tomorrow at one o'clock, by the way, on A B C well,
1: Let's give that out. Um, Okay, so it's on ABC TV, 1 p.m. EST time, Blizzard permitting, you wrote. That's funny. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: On the Chew, that's awesome. Wow. He's a
2: violinist, by the way. He's a classically trained violinist, and uh, he's got his uh, degree from Eastman School of Music. And uh, he's been very active. Uh, He graduated last year, and um, he's Mm -hmm. he's living in Astoria now. And... um, He's been doing uh, all kinds of things, uh, recordings, and uh, he did a movie score, and uh, he's now he's he's doing his TV thing, and um, he's he's a, a very talented young violinist and very uh, very eager to get into the business. So and uh, so far so good, things have been going very well for him.
1: That's that's pretty cool, and I know yeah. that you were going to be doing a project with your son soon. Um, let's talk about that.
2: Well, um, uh, a little preview. Uh, everybody for, for years has been, you know, talking to me about, you know, with my connection with John Lennon, uh, oh, um, you know, uh, people would, you know, saying like, Gee, you know, it would be a natural thing for you to, to maybe do a, a Beatles kind of a thing. But in a jet, would a jazz feel, like jazz up some some of Lennon's tunes. So I did a TV show last week uh, on station GNY in New York. And I uh-huh. did exactly I did exactly that I I took a couple of Lennon's tunes, and I kind of jazzed them up a little bit. Um, I put a bossa rhythm to one of them and a little bit of a six eight feel to the other one, and we played the melody and of course improvised on it. And uh, um, and the host Ginger Broderick, who uh, uh, has become a very good friend of mine, she she just loved it. she just thought it was great. She put out a press release and she got something like uh, seventy thousand hits or something. So um, I'm. After, after that show, I think I, I decided it's probably time that I that maybe do a John Lennon tribute, so I think my next project's going to include my son Matthew and the uh,
1: oh, string wow. section,
2: and, and we're going to do some Lennon tunes.
1: Well, if you decide to do that, um, I can totally get that promoted in within the whole entitle, enti- entire Beatles um, people. As you know, you can see when you looked at my page, um, uh I just had um they just had their fiftieth anniversary which I think you and I spoke about. And mm-hmm. it was really cool because um they were all talking about how um how it went down and I just talked to Shannon McDonald who is by the way voted the world's best Beatle artist by the Liverpool of mayor of Liverpool and um she was telling me how amazing it was and how many people she saw and Everyone was there from Liverpool, and it was really cool. So Mm. what makes you choose? Is that like something that, is that what's, because I was going to ask you, what are you working on right now? Is that something that you're thinking about doing, or is that set in stone? No,
2: it's, um, you know, it's in the uh, planning stages at this point. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. gathering material tunes that, uh, will will cross over tunes um, that um, Lennon wrote, or maybe tunes that Lennon and McCartney wrote, co-wrote, um, mm-hmm. uh, and just um, you know certain. So it's I have to be careful which songs um, uh, I, I, I decide would be a good to use because to do. Um, yeah, yeah I have I have uh, all those I have all, every volume of Beatles songs. I, <laughs> I have the entire I have the entire collection. I invested in that and uh, i've been talking to friends of mine, friends of mine who are in the in the rock end of the business, and uh, they 've been um, you know um, making suggestions to me and i 've been kind of going through the books and and uh, so i 'm selecting the material at this point. The next step would be to put some arrangements to them and uh, and then just record them. I have my, own, my my studio right here so so that would be the easy part. The hard part is just you know uh, getting the material uh and um, and making sure that it's material that works in 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 the jazz idiom as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and um and then just go ahead and and, and do the recording. I think uh, uh I'm looking forward to. It. I know my son Matthew is is very anxious to, to Oh that. To get involved that, with that project.
1: Oh, him on the violin. You could do Eleanor Rigby or something like that. That would be really kind of a cool thing. Yeah. 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 Well, who who are you thinking about playing on this with you? Who are some of the artists that you're thinking about um, asking to play with you?
2: I I don't know. I haven't haven't even gotten to that stage yet. But um, you know, people I work with are 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 all you know um, very capable. You know, I've worked with uh, uh, Brian Lynch, one of the world's great trumpet players. uh, You know, whether it be him or uh, maybe Randy Brecker, another trumpet player who knows both you know the rock and the and the jazz idioms, you know so I don't know I'm not sure yet uh, but uh, um, that that again that's that's probably the easiest part I think the hard part right now would be uh, gathering the material and and getting the right feel that I want from 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 that and when and when that happens when it's ready, I think putting the, the musicians together and recording would, would would be the easy part you know
1: you're a very humble man I mean you've played with some of the greatest people including yourself amongst those people mm-hmm. and i know that your wife is also angela de niro um, is involved in jazz music with charlie parker and, mm-hmm. and duke ellington and some of the greatest composers in the um i know that so jazz is in your family that whole that whole household over there or music is part of it um have you went did you have proper training or how did you get, how did you know you wanted to play music? What, what were you listening to?
2: Well, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think you're probably born with a certain thing, a certain love mm-hmm. of, 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 art, uh, whether it be music or, or painting or whatever, because painting and, and, uh, and sketching was always something that I, that I was fairly good at and liked to do as well when I was, when I was a youngster. Um, I didn't start playing until probably later, uh, not because uh, I didn't love music. It's just because we couldn't afford uh, to get me an instrument. <laughs> you know,
3: so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it took a
2: while for me to get, you know, to get my parents to to invest into a saxophone for me. Um, so I, I was probably in the seventh grade by the time I started actively studying and, and, and playing the saxophone. But but prior to that, I, I grew up um, in, a, in, a, in a in a a very uh, what's the word. Uh, a a a neighborhood that I didn't even appreciate at the time but it was uh, my house was um, kind of uh in the middle of uh, I lived in a story and we had blocks you know every every everything was square blocks and my house was set back in the middle of the block and and right behind my house was uh was a a, a Baptist church and on sunday mornings uh they would uh, sing gospel music and uh, my oh neighbor, wow my neighbor who's was a big heavy uh, beautiful uh, woman who had a great voice. Uh, she was like the lead singer in this gospel choir, and I used to sit by my window and listen to gospel music for hours on, every Sunday. And I think that probably uh, was my first introduction to uh, to jazz, because I think uh, what
1: an inspiration yeah. that is.
2: So uh, wow. that, that, um, that's probably what my where my roots go back to, as far as what kind of music uh,
1: yeah
2: did I did I gravitate to, you know?
1: Why um. Why did you choose the instruments that you chose? What what made you decide that?
2: Well, um, or did they choose I, again, you? Again, <laughs> I just I just wanted to. I just loved I just loved music. I, I actually loved uh-huh. I loved drums. I wanted to be a drummer. Um, really, and, uh, uh Funny. That was my. You know, I think most kids want to want to play the drums. I don't know, but uh, I I I I had a passion for the drums, um, and um, well, I, I think what happened was. Uh, in the seventh grade, my music teacher—they—they uh, they would rent instruments uh, for about three bucks a month or something. And they—and uh, Mr. Cahill was his name—and he says, uh, "We have some—we have a few instruments. If anyone's interested, you know, see me after class." He says, "We have saxophones and trumpets." And I'm—and I'm thinking saxophone. Well, that's that's good and, and I'm picturing a clarinet, you know. I, 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 I love I I used to watch Pete Fountain on T V and I Yeah. It was the a great clarinet clarinet
1: player. Amazing. And believe yep. it or
2: not, I, I thought that was called a saxophone. That's how much I knew about music. Um mm-hmm. and so um so I mistakenly uh, rented a saxophone and uh, I was too embarrassed to tell him I thought it was a clarinet so I took it home and then fell in love with it. <laughs> I wow I, it. I
1: can only imagine how you could. <laughs> I know you play flute as well. Yes. Um You know, what's funny is in school, most of us have to take an instrument, right? And uh, in school where I was, we had to take an instrument, and the instrument that um, was chosen for me was the flute. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember practicing and practicing and practicing, and boy, it's such an emotional piece of instrument. It's an instrument that's just very emotional because you can make it. Make many noises and different things, and I just um, the flute was really the flute was really inspiring for me. But I can only imagine playing a saxophone and and a clarinet. A clarinet is a beautiful beautiful sounding instrument as well as a saxophone. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, now, the,
1: flute, go ahead, the flute. Go ahead.
2: I was gonna say the flute uh, to expound on what you were just saying it, is 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 such an amazing instrument in that it works in every musical genre. You know, I don't care if uh-huh. it's classical music, if it's country music, if it's jazz or uh, whatever. I mean, and uh, uh, it that, seems I to it work it's, it, it's. I mean, it, it seems to work well. And uh, I used to work um, a lot of lounges years ago, and uh-huh. uh, I could never... Uh, a lot of these lounges were not jazz clubs. They were just, you know, uh, middle-of-the-road kind of lounges, you know, pop music and stuff like that, and lounge mm-hmm. groups and that kind of thing. But uh but I could get away with murder playing a flute. I could play anything, and people would love it, you know. And saxophone, if I played the same thing, they'd throw me out, you know.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs>
2: well, you funny. know, th- these were not these were not hardcore jazz clubs, but you can you can you can kind of, you, know, p- you know, people just love the sound of the flute. They don't care what you're playing. It's it's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, the flutes a really interesting interesting um, instrument. I've really been amazed, you know, at how many rock groups or or alternative yes. music. They picked up and added the flute to a lot of the music and um I don't know, I was just really I was really interested in the flute when I was playing it. And then it was just really hard because I had a I had a music teacher that told me that I was not practicing enough and I wasn't good enough. So, you know, I mean, it's like <laughs> okay well i I'm doing my best, and I was banished like everyone else to the basement to practice and um <laughs> it was pretty funny, but i do i actually enjoy music straight across the board i love I love music of all types, and your music just really really grabbed me by 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 the by the soul because when I heard it especially the song that we opened up with. It just spoke to me. And the song we're going to end with today, Goodbye, is, uh, well, there's a story behind that. We can get into that as we get closer to the end of the show. But um, I want to ask you um, about this latest CD, Mm -hmm. Remembering. um, What made you decide? I mean, obviously you loved him. And uh, what made you decide to do this CD?
2: Well, I uh, I wanna Angela again has been pushing me because I I produce I I uh, I I've, uh-huh. I've, I've, I've produce a lot of vocalists and other instrumentalists as well. I have my own studio here and I have my own production company. And for years I've been producing various singers and I I, I package you know um, uh, programs and I, I I put I put all the music together. And otherwise, it's a one I call it one-stop productions because I I take. Um, I take the project right from the beginning and right up, right up to the master, and uh, and I and I kind of, you know, I'm able, to, you know, offer that service, you know, from from soup to nuts right here, and I start with, you know, uh, finding their keys, of course, and and figuring out their styles, and then writing arrangements. I wrap the arrangements around them, and then I then I contract the musicians and I record, and they leave here with an album, uh, and I've been doing this for years and uh, kind of successfully. Uh, I think I've. Had a lot of lot of happy clients leaving here with, with music that they they really loved, and um, so Angela said, you know, it's about time you you do your own album, and I did an album way back in the in the early '80s. Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of a fusion thing. It was um, kind of a, a rock jazz thing, uh, and it had it had some success, mostly in Europe. You know, some European companies. Uh, wound up, uh, you know, buying the project for me and distributing it and and doing okay in Europe. But it never really, and it wasn't really the project that my heart was in. Uh, um, Not that I I disliked it, but it wasn't 100% what I would have preferred to do. I was talked into it by some partners that I had at the time. And uh, musically it was okay, but it was time to do something serious. And so um, I decided to do this tribute to Art Blakey, and Art Blakey happens to be, uh, one of my favorite drummers. I used to listen to Art Blakey as a kid. Mm-hmm. I used to go down to Birdland in New York, and he used to perform at Birdland often with his jazz messengers. And I would sit there in the gallery and spend a night listening to Art Blakey's band. And, oh, um, wow. And so when I put this project together, uh, originally I was going to do it with a big band, and uh, I couldn't work it out with the budget, so I scaled it down to, to three horns. And uh, I started thinking about how would Art Blakey, you know mm-hmm. uh, arranged this music and i and I kind of uh, styled and patterned the arrangements after after Blakey's bands and um, and that's what I come up with
1: it's amazing and and you set and a lot of this material on here you've written yourself and mm-hmm. uh, um, I want to ask you with with most of the things that you've done in your life so far what do you have any one or two memories of anybody you played with that you would like to share with our audience so they could like get that whole vibe feeling, painting a picture of what went on there?
2: Well, there were, there were actually, actually three. Um, Oh, let's were,
1: listen. To, I want to hear them. Yeah.
2: The, the first one is, is of course the one we just talked about, the meeting Lionel Hampton for the first time. I remember seeing him in mm-hmm. the movies when I was a kid and, um, uh, I remember seeing the Benny Goodman story When I was a teenager And it was Lionel Hampton on the big screen So meeting him was was, was, was My first big thrill, I think um, I, I think probably uh, The other two would have been uh, Playing with Louis Armstrong uh, One wow. night when I was when I was touring with Lionel Hampton Louis Armstrong was in the audience With his family And of course Hampton invited him up And we jammed And uh, I got to play with Louis Armstrong And when we were done playing Louis tapped me on the shoulder and said, "He man, you sure play that saxophone, boy.'" (laughs) Wow!
1: That
2: that, that happened to be on my birthday that night too, and I was thinking, "Wow, I just went to heaven here. This is this is amazing." So uh, anyway, Uh uh, that was uh, that was uh, um, two two of my uh, my biggest uh, thrills, I guess. And uh, I guess it's hard to say. There, There there were so many other. You know other wonderful things that uh, and, and people that I met. Woody Herman was has to be ranked up there. Uh, he's yeah. another uh, very famous band leader who I who I used to listen listen to his music. And it's it's always such a thrill. I remember Miles Davis one time saying, uh, "The thing that motivated him uh, to practice and, and become a, 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 a you know a, a professional trumpet player was he wanted to play with Charlie Parker. He had listened to Charlie Parker's records, yeah. and all he wanted to do was." His motivation was to play with Charlie Parker. And I think that's pretty much the same with all of us. You know, I uh, I remember seeing Lionel Hampton in the movies and listening to Woody Herman's records and thinking, boy, that's what I want to do. If someday I can play on that level with these people, so that was my big motivation. And then when you finally do get get to meet your your idols and, and play alongside them and, and you're accepted in their world, that that that's such a big kick, you know.
1: Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember coming here to California in the very beginning and I remember idolizing certain people when I was younger and when I was at a music event, um, I was in the VIP section and I met a lot of the people that I had hung their posters on the wall in my bedroom when I was younger. It was like such a trip, you know, so I totally understand. And you actually got to play music with these people, so that's that there is an accomplishment itself.
2: Um. And, you know what? And, and the one I left out to was John Lennon. Yeah, that was, that was another uh, huge, huge thrill for me, and to and to get to know him personally. We spent a lot of time together after the sessions. You know, really? I would uh, I would I would walk to the. In fact, I would I would suggest anybody that wants to read my story, my Lennon story. Uh, it's on my website, yep. uh, RonApria dot com. There's a whole page there with pictures and. Uh, um and uh and, and paragraphs of, of of my experiences with him and a lot of it had to do with, I talked very little about the musical part. It's uh, it's the walks um, through the you know, in the middle of the night uh we, we would him and uh, he and May Pang and I would uh would walk I would I would be walking to the train station, they would be walking back to their apartment which was in the same direction, so we would walk through the streets of Manhattan together. And uh, I was always um astounded at how secure he felt, and and I was always kind of worried that that uh, that he was that secure. I mean, I um, mean, he had no no bodyguards and no protection or anything, and uh, and he would be walking through the through the streets of Manhattan, you know, talking with strangers, kneeling down, talking to homeless people, waving to truck drivers, and a tol- totally ob- oblivious to, to the to the dangers, you know, that he was put, you know putting himself in, and so I I always had a a uh, 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 kind of a weird feeling about that, uh, but aside from that, it was just kind of nice just hanging with him, you know, and um, and just and just you know just the, the whole the whole scene, the rapping, and, and becoming part of his world and becoming his friend. Um, uh, I I thought that uh, was was definitely a highlight in in my career. I mean, it doesn't well, it doesn't I really get imagine. much bigger than John Lennon, you know.
1: No, um, that's. That's very cool, and you know the story that you have written in here about the addictions were to good, good salad and fresh fruit drinks. <laughs> yeah, it surprised me
2: because I had I had heard all these stories, you know, all the drug stories, of course. And, uh, uh-huh. uh, and when I got to meet John, boy, well, he was like, uh, you know, an old boy or something. He was totally, i mean, he was into fruit, you know, salads and and fruit drinks. <laughs>
1: that's good. No, yeah. no, that's that's pretty amazing. And then also. You're talking about when he went over to a copy machine and put his face. I'm looking at the picture. I should mm. post this. This is so funny. Tell me about that. That's too funny. Yeah,
2: oh well, my like, God. My, as I said earlier, he had no music, and um, he had lead sheets uh, for his songs, and that was it, uh-huh. no arrangements. So I, I would um, take his lead sheets. In fact, Steve Medeo and I. We we took his lead sheets and we went into another room at the record plant and where they had some copying machines, and I was copying his lead sheets. Um, and John comes walking in and um, takes the music out and sticks his face in the copying machine, hits the button, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in post shock. I'm going the
1: picture. Is that cool? Can I can I share it? Of course, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going to share this. This is a very funny picture.
2: That's I mean, I was in picture. shock. I thought, I thought the poor guy was going to go blind. I mean, those lights are blinding, and uh, and two and two photostats come out, and Steve took one, and uh, John hands me the other, and he says, he says, he says, "Hang on to this." He says, someday it's going to be worth a lot of money." <laughs> so, so I oh, that's pretty funny. I stuck it is, in my saxophone. That thing.
1: is that is really funny. So you and Steve um, both kept a copy. That's yes. very funny. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a good story. I, I actually, I'm sure you've talked about May, with that with May. I'm sure she probably thought that was pretty fun.
2: Yes. In fact, May's birthday is the same day as mine,
1: October 24th. I know. 24th, and, I saw that.
2: We get together a couple of times a year, and usually one one of those times is our birthday and then she has these big barbecues at her house and yep. you, know, you go up there and there's and there's this jam there's a jam session going on all the time and there's like a couple of 100 people up there so we so we see each other frequently and um she's she's just a a sweet sweet lady love her
1: yes 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 very much so um i think that i think that you have had some really good stories and i mean not stories but really good things in your life that have happened you've been very very lucky you've been in the right place at the right time um where do you see yourself going what what would you what what would be your perfect tour right now if you were allowed to go on tour with anyone and do anything what would you do
2: hmm that's a good question uh i love i love traveling so um uh-huh it would uh, it would hardly matter. Um, uh, I don't know. I think you know. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm Italian. I've never been to Italy. Uh, I've been to <laughs> France and various other countries. So I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, uh, taking my music over to Europe and uh, doing a European tour. Japan is another great place uh, for jazz. Um, we sell a lot of CDs in Japan, and I know they have a. Uh, um, they have a, a, a big part of their population that's really into into jazz, so I think uh, I think uh, Japan would be a place I'd like to play.
1: Um, yeah, that uh, would be very cool.
2: Yeah, and uh, of course my preference would be, uh, you know, to take my big band. I have a sixteen piece band, but uh, most of our jobs are, are are smaller groups, you know, quartet, quintet, sextet, you know. Um, but um, you know, touring with with a big band would be a lot of fun.
1: Well, you know, um anybody in particular, anybody in a band that you would like to play with that maybe be maybe listening or um oh and by the way, if anybody I'm seeing the chat room is filling up and I see our numbers are going up really high on live listeners. For anyone that tuned in late, um, you can catch this show afterwards on iTunes and also on demand on Red Velvet Media, mm-hmm. Blog Talk Radio. And uh and if you'd like to call in and speak to either myself or Ron, it's 347-677-1036. Uh, so, yeah, getting back to that, who would you like to play with? Anybody in particular?
2: You mean uh, musicians, names of, of musicians yeah. that I'd like to play with? Um, oh, gee, I don't know. There's not too many musicians who I'd like to play with that I haven't already played with. Uh,
3: <laughs> but, uh,
2: Nobody but getting, them, getting, them, all, getting them, them all in one getting them all in one band would be kind of fun.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That would be a uh... really cool thing to do.
2: Yep.
1: And you've got some really stellar memories, I mean, of some really great stuff. Um, I know that you, you, when you said you took a lot of walks in the middle of the night with John Lennon and, and then also um, you were hanging out with May. May May's an amazing person. Yeah, I love mm. her. Um, what? Um, who else have you met that really sticks out in your mind, that really, really, um, you have a story there to tell?
2: Hmm. Oh, gee, it was, oh, that's, that's so many stories.
1: I mean, you met so many stories. people. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't... Um, a story about... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll come back to that. <laughs> oh,
1: no, no. Let me, That's give totally me a cool.
2: Give me a, give me a minute to think Angela. about a story.
1: Let's talk about Angela, your wife, um, who is also a, a musician and jazz singer, um, Angela De Niro. Let's mm-hmm. talk about her music and how you and your band... Have played with that, and I've got a I've got a track I can play really quick. Why don't we Why don't we go to that, and then why don't we talk about her? You want me to do
2: that? Sounds good. Yeah,
1: let's play yeah. Avalon really quick, and then we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, any uh, anyone. Um, we're going to be right back, and this is uh, Avalon by Angela De Niro. And are you your band's playing on this song? Correct.
2: Yeah, this is my band and my arrangement. Okay. Probably.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Okay, here, mm-hmm. listen to this.
0: beside the bay I left my love in Avalon and sailed away I dreamed of him in Avalon from dark till dawn and so I think I'll travel on to Avalon I found my love in Avalon beside
1: just okay. killed it, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so great. That yeah, is that, was, that is such a great song. Wow.
2: That was really, uh, Frank Foster really by the way. On, on, yeah, that was Frank on, on tenor saxophone. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was that yeah, was, was an amazing amazing band and it's called the album's called Swinging With Legends and the three, and the three legends that we invited to play with Angela and my band were Frank Foster, Lionel Hampton, and Lou Tobacco, so it features Angela, you know, singing. Uh, one of the cuts on that album um, is a tune called Midnight Sun, it was written by Lionel mm-hmm. Hampton, and so I, I did an arrangement you know, for Angela to play along with Lionel Hampton with my band, and um, and we found out after the recording, the next day, in fact, Hamp called my house, and he was all excited about, uh, about uh, you know, recording with Angela, and he invited us out to, his, to play at his festival in uh, Moscow, Idaho, to Lionel Hampton University. And uh, and while we were talking, I found out that he never recorded that song with, with anyone else. And it was, it was actually, wow. the 50, it was the 50th anniversary, that year that we recorded, it was the 50th anniversary of that song, you know, being written. And uh, it was the first time that um, dozens of singers, maybe hundreds of singers, have recorded it, but but none ever recorded it with the composer. And so we made a little history with that, you know.
1: Well, that is history. And I also um, saw that she was entered for the 1998 Grammy nomination in the following category: Album of the Year, Best New Artist, Best Jazz Vocal Performance, and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for "Midnight Sun," the ballad for Matthew. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that that, that was uh, that album was uh, did, did uh, was, well. It, it got a lot of uh, attention from the Grammy people. We of course we didn't win a Grammy, uh, and it's always hard, you know, not being with a major label. But it uh, it it did open a lot of doors, and uh, you know, we were but invited still out to play. she was
1: nominated.
2: She was yeah. nominated.
1: Oh. That's the key.
2: You know yeah. what? It, this whole thing just reminded me of a story. You asked me to tell you a, a story. Yeah, a Maybe a funny yeah, yeah. story. Uh right, here's, here's a story connected with that album. Well, Pastor okay. Hamp invited us out to his his festival and it was his 90th birthday by the way and uh almost every jazz musician on the planet was there. Um uh, Diana Crowell was there and uh Abby Lincoln was oh, wow. there and uh, you know John Faddis was there and I mean uh, ev- everybody I, I I know was there. Um and uh, at one point we we're all backstage they had all these tables set up kinda of like a nightclub with a big screen so that the artists can watch the other the nice. other artists perform. And and we're sitting there and we're we're talking with Hamp and we're just chatting and uh, uh now Hamp invited us out there specifically so that he can do Midnight Sun with Angela mm-hmm. because they recorded it together. So uh so Abby Lincoln comes walking in who's a great singer who, who I love and, and she says, uh she was, comes over to half and gives him a big hug and kiss. Hi, Arnold. She says, guess what? <laughs> she says, I'm going to do uh, midnight sun. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So, so, so half looks at Angela with that scared look, you know, like, Oh, we got a problem here. So, uh, so, uh, but he was cool. He didn't say anything. We didn't say anything. We continued the conversation, and we and we hung out and, and chatted for a while. And then Abby gets up and she uh, and, and 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 leaves the, the table. And Hamp leans over and he says, she, "She's going to do it on Friday. You're going to do it on Saturday." He was he was kind of worried wow. that we were that there would there would be a conflict with uh, two singers doing the same tune. But uh, but it worked out. Everything everything was cool.
1: That is. That is so cool. I mean, what's it like around your house? Do you go? Do you both just um, bounce things off each other?
2: Yeah, well, it's kind of a um, it's an interesting house, you know. <laughs> Angela's uh, actually Angela does a lot of voiceovers too. You know, she's yeah, she's very that's active. right.
1: You were telling me that
2: she's very active in the in the voiceover over business. And when she's not doing voiceovers, she's singing. Um, uh and it's it's always you know it's always fun we have we have rehearsals i have my studio downstairs in my house and uh and we have musicians over all the time in fact yesterday I, we had a, a bunch of friends come over and we just jammed for like a few hours so it's it's it's, it's everything's built everything's focused around music but uh you know we uh, you know um, it's uh, it's hard for me to say because i don't really know what what most of the people do <laughs> I mean, it's, for us, it's just that the normal thing. Is and if it's not music related, do, it, yeah. it, it mm-hmm.
1: doesn't
2: doesn't 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 really register too well here, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my son, of course, also is a musician, and we'll we'll do duets. He'll he'll take his violin and I'll take my flute out, and we'll do some classical duets and stuff like that. You know? so, oh,
1: how cool! Yeah, you know. that is so cool. Well, you know, yeah. if you like that song by Angela, you can. Um, Get it on CD Baby. I'm looking at that um, swinging with the Le- with legends. and um, there's some amazing tracks on that. And Angela also has huh um, oh, she's all over the place. I'm looking at all her different things. And you are too. I mean both of you um, are very well renowned. What's it like for you both, I mean to both be in this industry? I must. I, I'm sure it must be a little tough at times.
2: Um, um it, it, of course, you know. I mean, um, nothing is painless. <laughs> a, mm-hmm. You know, you always you always wonder. You know, uh, it's uh, you're always trying to to do more work, to do better work, to do, you know, uh, to do another album. Um, but um, I can't think of a darn thing I, I I would rather be doing. You know, it's just for me. It's just no. it's just so. It's just so it's so complete, She's amazing,
1: you know? yeah, and I can imagine that must be so nice for you guys. How long have you guys been married
2: um twenty eight years, Wow, yeah, and when
1: How we did go out you know meet? we go out to-
2: when we go out to perform it's like
1: it's uh-huh. like a night
2: out, you know it's like uh, um you know, I remember early on, half the times I forget to to pick up my check, I mean we were just having so much fun, you know
3: uh-huh. uh,
2: you know so uh uh yeah it's it's especially when it 's going well you know and, and most times it, it goes well you know we surround ourselves with with, with good people you know good musicians and, and nice people and uh, and when we go out to play it's 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 a party you know it's just fun time you know
1: How did you two meet
2: uh, okay that's a good question i well, I was on tour with skitch henderson's band
1: uh-huh. and
2: uh, i had uh, I had just gotten off off the road with with skitch and uh, I was sitting in uh, I had gotten hired by a local Long Island dance band, which I really didn 't want to do, but some uh, somehow I decided okay i wasn't, I was open for that date, and I reluctantly took the gig and uh, and uh, when I showed up to, to 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 play the job, there was a saxophone player who I knew was sitting next to me, and we w- we were chatting and and, uh, and Angela was the singer with the band, and she would happen to be sitting right in front of me. Um, the you know the, the girl band singer and uh, and and we we I was I said we were chatting um, and, and the saxophone player asked me you know what I've been doing I said I just got off the road with uh, Skitch Henderson's band and uh, he said uh, who else who else was in the sax section I said well I was rooming with uh, Steve Greenfield who's an alto player so Angela wow. turns around and says I know Steve she says we went to school together <laughs> oh so,
1: how uh, cute
2: so that's how that's how the conversation started and then we hung out. Uh, all that night and uh, and that's that's where it, that's where it actually started right on the, the it was a Aww. terrace on the park the old world fair um, uh, site in, in in Queens
1: I just put her website up um, in the chat room it's angeladeniro.com and that's a n g e l a d e n i r o.com mm-hmm. that that um that whole band that you had playing on that was really cool. Um, you play pretty much throughout her entire CD as well, right?
2: The ba- oh, well, I'm I'm, I'm basically I'm basically mm-hmm. on that album. I play one solo, uh, and I'm conducting and and, um, and and producing it. I didn't I didn't do much playing. I uh, I was uh, running it, you know, and just sitting there holding it all mm-hmm. together, you know. And uh, and I did all the writing, of course. Uh, well, not all the writing. Uh, uh, Frank Foster also did some of the writing. But uh, yeah, I was I was uh, basically just running it. And I played one, I played a solo on Midnight Sun. But uh, but when we work uh, with the smaller groups, uh, um, I'm a little more active, and uh, we do these interesting little things with the voice and, and the saxophone. You know, we do these little scat things that uh, uh, that even people who don't understand jazz seem to appreciate. You know. It's an interesting yeah, sound. No. The female voice with the with the alto saxophone is, is is an amazing sound, and so we use that in our show.
1: Yeah, I I I think that's really important because you have a sound of your own, which is really cool. I know you guys have also done a lot of television shows, and I know you talked about one that you just did. Tell me about the television shows that you've um, done and what's coming up.
2: Well, this TV show that uh, that I did last week was with. Uh, uh, a host A gal named Ginger Broderick Who Who, uh-huh. uh, who uh, Does a really nice show I, I met Ginger uh, I get invited to these uh, To these rock Shows Often because Because of my Affiliation with With Lennon So they'll uh, So they'll invite me To come in and, and, and take one of the tunes From the Walls and Bridges album And they'll feature me on that And uh, a few years ago um, uh, They had a, a big show At B.B. At B. King's In Manhattan and uh the place was packed as it usually is uh uh for these shows and um and I came out and did my my thing uh whatever gets you through the night is the tune that it's it's um uh, really? it's, a solo, it's a solo that Bobby Keys actually played on the album but uh, but I uh, I I do the Bobby Keys solo and uh and Ginji was in the audience and she just flipped out and uh, actually the that whole segment of the show uh was was was, was you know, went over really well, and, and people were really, really into it. And, um, and so she immediately became a, f- a fan of mine. She came backstage, and we started talking. And she told me about her TV show. And uh, we stayed in touch. We were Facebook friends. And when my album uh, came out, I mailed her a copy of the album, and she uh, uh, she uh, messaged me back and said, "So when are you going to do my show?" So I messaged her oh, back, and funny. I said, "So when are you going to invite me?" <laughs> Oh, that's so, funny. so she says, "How's uh, January 24th? So I went up and, and, and did a show for her, and I brought a uh, piano, bass, and drummer with me, and, uh, and we and we jazzed up a couple of Lennon tunes. And, and kind of the theme of her show was was John Lennon, you know. So I, I and I gave her a copy, you know, that photostat you were talking about. I, I made a yeah, uh, I printed out a copy on my computer, and I I put it in a frame, and I brought gift wrapped it, and I and I gave it to her as a gift, and signed it, you know.
1: So oh, that was, nice. was kinda of cool. Yeah. That's that was that's kind of a cool cool thing to give someone.
2: Oh yeah, um, yeah. She she says I oh, she's just your wife
1: for cool. friendship on Facebook. Prove me. Is she home? Did she finally make it home?
2: Uh, Angela's home, yeah, she's here.
1: Yeah, say, Hello? I, I told her I said, Yeah, why don't you call in? She should call in on another number so we can have you both on the phone. Oh, she wait, no, I don't see her calling in. Tell her to call in.
2: Uh, talk to her. Okay. What what, what number would she call in on?
1: Um, Have her call on the studio number, which is 347-677-1036 and I'll pick her up. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. But um, have you, um, you know, what's really cool is I personally can relate to music like this and I can relate to the music that she sings as well because um, I love Edda James and I love Billy Holiday, and my whole thing is my whole thing is at the time of beautiful clubs with the white tablecloths and the men getting dressed and the women looking like women and the mm. smoky nightclub and the women up there with the, with the magnolia in their hair and singing, some of that it's gone. There was one club in LA at one point that was doing that, and it was called Atlas. And it was really cool. I think she's calling in. Let me grab her. But um, yeah, I just thought that was so cool. Angela,
4: hi Holly, <laughs> how are
1: you? I'm so happy to have both of you. Your husband was um, talking. We were talking about. I played Avalon. Did you hear it play?
4: I did. I heard it
1: over the phone. Sure. Thanks so much. You're well, um, <laughs> That must have been really fun for you guys. I, I asked your husband how you guys met too. That's really cute. You guys have been married for a long time, and I'm I telling know. him, what's it like having both of you in a house and then playing music and his latest project and stuff, which I'm sure you're very supportive of. Um, how Holy. do you guys? do that i mean how how easy is that for you guys to support each other in this well it's just very natural i mean i just you know
4: you know what it is um i guess we i love ronnie's playing right away you know it, it was i i met him and i i you know you of course you're attracted to people but you just yeah. you're just attracted to their to their talent and the musicianship and uh um you know i love I love being in the house listening to him play. I know, I know that sounds, you know, uh, people people call sometimes and they'll hear music in the background. They'll hear him playing. They'll hear, or you know, we, our, our son when he was almost playing too. And I don't even hear it. They're they're listening and they're saying, "Well, what's that in the background? What's that music?" And I'm thinking, "What? <laughs> what? What music?" You, you know, <laughs> it's like the sound of life here. So um, I, I love that place. Oh, the way that's funny. I, you know, I love to listen to him and uh, and I I think that. Sometimes I have to push him to push himself. He's always been so giving, um, writing arrangements for me, and always trying to get my career and me out front. And uh, I think it was time for him to just, you know, with this this album that he put out last year, it was really the right time for him to put something out with an instrumental bent to it. So I'm so happy that he finally did it. I always tell telling mm-hmm. everybody else will know what I know every day, you know.
1: Yeah, I know. And he said you do a lot of voiceover stuff too, which I can imagine with your voice it's really cool. He said you did the oh, Mer- one of the Mercedes commercials and stuff like that. That's great. Oh yeah. It's
4: fun. Oh yeah, and a lot of a lot of less um less exotic stuff, you know. There's a there's a whole world out there of uh of people talking, you know, and
1: uh huh I like what yeah, they no. I for it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. He said you were driving back. So, do you guys have snow where you are right now? Oh my gosh, just snowing. There, so yeah,
4: a I want to hear it,
1: Ron. Really? And, and, wow.
2: And and a blizzard on the way. We're going to yeah. get dumped on again when? tomorrow.
1: When's tomorrow? the blizzard hitting?
2: Yeah, we're, we're supposed to get oh. maybe up to eighteen inches or something. They're talking about. <laughs>
1: what? Do you have a, a, a hope that you aren't propane heated, right? Uh, no. no, no. Good, because I know a lot of my friends that had propane for some reason in their homes, and when the storm hit, there was a propane sort shortage, obviously. You know, our government really messes with this, and um, they charged them a lot of money for propane to get warm. So I'm I'm hoping that and I'm sending you guys safe, um, you know, loving vibes because good yeah Thank you. <laughs> i mean i know here when we have rainstorms the electricity goes out my cell doesn't work um yeah. the phones go out the roads get closed i mean yeah. it has reopened one of the roads today i wasn't even able to go anywhere um on the one side of town because it was all flooded so wow. yeah yeah how about jazz oh. fest do you guys play jazz fest ron
2: Oh, excuse me, do we play jazz festivals? Yeah.
1: Jazz yes, jazz actually. festivals.
2: Actually that's that's my favorite venue. I love I we love doing jazz festivals. We've done we've done several and uh um would love to do more. Uh, the last one we did was in was in Nantes France. Uh uh was Oh
3: yeah, an ama- yeah. Tell me about an,
2: that. An amazing. Well, um we have some clips up on YouTube and
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and uh this this um the fellow that runs the the, the festival over there saw our clip, and um, me, I, as I said earlier, we do these these scatting things with the alto and the voice and so this uh, um, this clip that was on youtube had had a, a segment with us scatting and he just loved it because he 's a saxophone player and his wife 's a singer, and they do similar material so they they contacted us and brought us over there and uh, and uh, actually we we headlined this this festival and they 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 gave us a uh, a sixteen piece uh, um, all-star band, all Parisian musicians, wonderful, wonderful musicians, and they gave us the stage for for an hour, which is a long time for a festival. Usually, you'll play two or three songs, but we had the stage for an hour. We did it, we did our entire show Friday night and Saturday night. And then spent the, the following night in Paris, you know, just uh, hanging out and enjoying the city. So it was it was an experience that we that we just loved. In fact, Matthew was with us, and we featured Matthew. I rode him into the show, and he brought his violin and and, and performed. And and we had uh, it was it was a wonderful wonderful experience for all of us.
1: I'm I'm ready to cry just remembering it. <laughs> <laughs> He told so me about the videos and I saw some of them and they were amazing. You guys just had such a great time, it looks like.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: we did. We always do. We always that's, do. That's the important thing. You guys enjoy doing what you're doing. You know, that's, that's the part that's really important. That you enjoy what you're doing because a lot of times people just do things just because they have to. And it's kind of like you know, after a while, it gets boring, I guess, to a lot of people. But, and then you can start seeing it. But, um, Angela, what what projects are you currently working on, and what can we look for from you in the future? Are you doing some more stuff with Ron? Oh,
4: sure. Actually, he's putting together a, like a show with a, a nice instrumental show, adding a few more horns for us. And uh, we're probably going to take that material and go into the studio with that. We've also been. Uh, Doing the big band at a, at a club in Montclair, New Jersey. Very good uh, friends of ours run the place, and they've, they've given us um, a once a month. Uh, you might have already spoken about this one with the big band. No, actually um, sure we
2: didn't. No, yeah, yeah.
4: We're, well, we're, we
1: didn't we're, talk we're, about it yet. Yeah, well,
4: we're toying with we're toying with the idea of a of another legends album. So we'll see. We'll see. It, it just depends. Um so, you know, we the last time we were we did the big band album, we had originally started with a small group. Somebody heard it. Loved what we did and said. Well, why don't you do the big band? And we did. So, you know, I guess it just depends on what sounds best and what feels right. So, wow,
1: that that's that's really cool. That's real. That's a really fun thing. Um, where did your training come from, Angela? Where where did you? What what did you do as a younger child? Did you were you always interested in singing and humming around the house and stuff? <laughs> yeah. I, bet. <laughs> to everyone. To I know. I'm like motivation. that. I'm like that. People don't know this, but I do sing, and um, I, don't sing, a I don't sing professionally, but I have had professional people um, record me in the studio singing some songs, and they're pretty good. That would be neat to hear, I'm sure it is And um, I have some demos of them And I've had a couple people tell me they want to record, put them out on an indie label But um, yeah, so I can understand about going around singing Because I'm always humming and singing when I'm not doing something they're like, what are you singing to? You're driving me crazy Who are you singing to? I go, to myself (laughs) And so tell me about what it was like for you growing up Wanting to sing and stuff, I bet you were um, like me. <laughs> well, well,
4: I just, I just did. I, I sang and I hummed my way through everything. So basically, mm-hmm. like you do, and, you know, people make fun of you, be cheesy, but then they, they get used to it and they get over themselves and they, you know, they just accept it. And I, I loved singing through high school. I went, I got my degree in music in college, and, uh, you know, and then I just, it's, learning music. I, I actually was classically trained, but. Uh, You know, wow. There's not a big, there's not a big field of uh, demand for, for that. So, um, for me, anyway, you know, know, I'm not going to be a, a Renee Fleming. So it just, it was just something fun. I just wanted to continue singing after college, and uh, got into big bands, smaller groups, and that's when I met Ron. And he's just, uh, my gosh, he just has vision for everything. He hears something, he puts it to paper, and that's it, and then you're off and running.
2: Well, the first yeah, thing no, we had to do was get her out great. of that band.
1: <laughs>
2: the first thing we had to do was get her out of that dance band that she was singing with. <laughs> and Are you then we got Then we got her career started. <laughs> I'm, it was I'm joking. a horrible
4: band. No, no, he's right. It was awful. You know? <laughs> what? The only, the, I can, the only good thing about it was that I met Ronnie. That's it. <laughs>
1: so everything had oh, a wow. purpose in life. Yeah. That, that see, that's a beautiful thing. So out of out of music came a wonderful relationship, and your son is a musician as well. He told me. Mhm. Actually, yeah, he's going to be playing on um, on a
4: little a little bit on a TV show tomorrow. If the if, you know, the weather doesn't,
1: yeah, he was telling uh, not that. It. Yeah, he was telling me that. <laughs> yeah. Sid Caesar. I just heard Sid Caesar passed away today, guys. I know. I just yeah. found out. Yeah, that's sad. But he had some really good years. I'll tell you that.
2: I played with Shirley
1: Temple yeah. yesterday. That yeah, was Shirley. Him. Yeah,
2: she, that's right. She passed away too.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but I, I worked you know? with Sid Caesar. Did you? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I remember. I, I, I'm so bad on years. It was probably in in the 80s, I guess. I used to do mm-hmm. these uh, augments up in the up in the hotels in the Catskills. On weekends, and um, I was working through an agent, and he would send me up to, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe the Villa Roma on, on a on a Friday night, and maybe, uh, you know, Concord on a Saturday night to augment the band for the big acts in the summertime. And one of the acts was was Sid Caesar. And I remember, uh, I I don't know how old he could have been. Uh, he was ninety something now, right? Ninety one. So yes. back in the eighties, um, he was probably uh, in here. his mid sixties or something. And uh, he looked fantastic. He was into, you know, uh, oh, I he guess. He was born like, in
1: 1922. 1922. Passed away today. Yeah. i right. um, But he here. was muscular.
2: I mean, he was training with weights. I think. 91,
1: you know, he, 91 years old.
2: And he was still so yep. funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Um
2: yeah.
1: You know, I see. I see that he worked with Woody Allen, which brings me to something that I was going to ask you guys about. Do you love, love, love the soundtrack to um, Midnight in Paris? Is that an amazing soundtrack? Cole Porter and all that. Unbelievable. Uh, Midnight in Paris with Woody Allen's movie. I could watch that movie every day, and I see something Mm -hmm. different. And have you seen it? Do you know what it's about? It's really kind of cool.
2: No, I, I haven't had a seen it in about 30 it years. It
1: has a really good storyline. It's about this guy that goes to Paris with his girlfriend, his fiance and her family. And um, they're into doing all the sightseeing stuff. And, she, and he's just like more into – he's a writer. And so what he does every night is he goes and he takes a walk at midnight. Well, at midnight by this one bridge – this, all of a sudden, a car, like from the, I think, it, like from the time when, um, oh, he met Hemingway and all these people from that time comes, picks him up, he gets in, and they all introduce himself, to Hemingway and and um, this one and that one, and he goes back in time and um, he's submitting his script, all these people, oh, you have to see the movie. It's a beautiful movie, and Cole Porter music is in it, and it's. It's such a great it's such a great story. It's a really good feel-good movie, you know what I mean? Mhm. Um yeah, I could see you doing. Now, have you done any soundtrack music for any um movies or anything?
2: Uh you know, um I'm trying to think. I don't think I have I've ever done that, but my
1: You need Matthew, to.
2: Matthew just did a soundtrack.
4: <laughs> did he? Matthew
2: just did a soundtrack. I I don't I'm not sure what movie it's for, but he he was in the studio uh, for uh, seven or eight hours uh, a couple of weeks ago doing a soundtrack for one of the movies, yeah.
1: Well, you um, need to have some of your music in movies because it's, it's it's timeless. Your music is very timeless. Um, it's got a really good feeling, both of you. Wow. Music and movies and, and TV shows right now are really cool, you know what I mean?
2: Well, for yeah. all the producers out there... Um, Oh, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if anybody's
1: interested, what would be the best way to get in touch with both of you? How about um, you, Ron? I guess
2: or? I guess through my website. You know, my my email address is on there. R Rapri at um, uh, live, live dot, net, dot com, I'm sorry.
4: Live, no, no, live dot <laughs> com.
2: Rapri at live dot com. Um, and you go to your website.
4: Your website's run apria
1: right run
2: apria yeah. .com. com. yeah
1: how about you, Angela? That's probably the best
4: way my email is way too long <laughs> well know I know yeah. I cool. just sent you
1: I just sent you an inbox, Angela on your Facebook. I don't know if you're on Facebook or not. I'm not on it yeah. now I'm talk- you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know I sent sent you. I sent you a little message. Um, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic to have both of you here because, you know, when I asked Ron to be on the show and then he started telling me about you and then about his son, I was like, wow, this is like just too, too fun, you know, for you to have all this amazing talent in one house. And Aww. what was it like for your son? How did your son decide to play – the violin, how did that happen?
4: Oh,
2: that's well,
1: a good question yeah,
2: actually, he started off as as a pianist he, he was a mm-hmm. piano player he? For, yeah mm-hmm.
4: and
2: uh and uh i i don't know I, you know it's it's who knows why he started hearing the violin and he started uh and and they and of course as in my situation, the school was uh, school had a program where he can he can rent a violin and get free violin lessons, and um, well, uh, actually several different instruments. And he he picked the violin, and um, and that 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 took over. He he, uh, I was I was a little bit sorry because I thought he, I thought he could have been a great pianist. I mean, he was knocking me out with his piano playing, uh, and he just uh, he still plays the piano, but his passion uh, is really the violin. And uh, what do so, they say?
4: You don't hit the instrument. The instrument picks you, right, Ronnie?
2: Yeah. I'm looking at this. That you is true. Put, you, you put that pitch of Lennon on Facebook. I'm looking at it now.
1: I did put it there, and I just sent your wife a private message about that, too.
4: Wait a
1: minute. You did this while you
4: are on the radio? You're a multitasker. Wow. I am a
1: multi. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you what I have open right now. I have Facebook open because I have to see what's going on because people post on there and tell me what they're doing about the show. I have my studio open, I have my chat room open, I have Ron's website up, I have your (laughs) website up, and it's all being done on a Mac, of course, (laughs) I'm a Mac person, Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, they love me, because basically I've networked my entire office, Um, and for those that don't know, Red Velvet Media is not just a radio show, we do, um, or I do, basically, A lot of events, Um, I I help organize events, help hook people up like um, Ron, and I could, you know, you never know who's listening to my show. I have a lot of A&R people that tune into my show every day Um, when I do my shows Wednesdays and Fridays, and they get a lot of calls afterwards. And I'm also um, high on iTunes um, as downloads on podcasts, so I have that, too, and, you know, Resolvent Media basically was formed because I wanted to be able to have a platform where I could spread the message of music, pop culture, books, um, anything that's happening and also you know what, you will never you'll always find me doing breaking news. If there's something going on in the world, I'm like right on it, um on the radio that is. Um, besides just doing things in uh, with my company like World Water Day, Global Peace Day, Global Love Day, um, you know, and other other types of events, music events, and stuff like that, but um, when we have breaking news, I'm known to be on the air at one or two in the morning and do an emergency show. Like when we had the BP oil spill, I had Deepwater Horizon on the phone and. They said, we'll talk to you for 10 minutes. It ended up being an hour. Like I think, Ron, you and I said our interview was going to be an hour, and it's almost like almost it's been now an hour and a half, so um, I've extended (laughs) the show. Yeah, you know. It goes so fast.
4: It does. Well, it does. Well, that's because you, when you have a nice way about you, and when you're interviewing people, it's like talking to a friend. You know, you forget you're that's, you're doing a radio show. So that's
1: nice. Thank you so much for saying that because that's what I tell everyone. Everyone thinks, okay, these are the questions that I want you to ask, and I'm like, you know what? This is a deal. I freestyle it. We go with the flow. I don't get into anything personal unless you go there. And if you decide to go there, then we'll talk about it like when I had Angela Bowie on, she got into some stuff, so we talked about it um other people um you know when they've gotten into some personal stuff yeah we we go with it like I just recently did a show um with um my dear friend um Dr. Patty O'Gorman she's an amazing psychologist psychiatrist, and um really well known and we talked about the Justin Bieber thing that's going on right now, and I was saying how stupid it was that people were putting together a, a, a thing to get him out of a petition to get him out of the United States, and and that they didn't want to support music from out of the out of out of out of the USA. Well, my take was this: 95% of our musicians that we listen to today are from other countries, like the Beatles, um, the Cure, I mean, come on now, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, Made in the USA is great, but there's also some really amazing talent out there in other countries, and you know what, this podcast, just so you know, and this show right now is live globally, it's not just in one area, I had a woman tell me the other day she was listening to me in Japan, so people can listen to this, yeah, on the radio and it's really funny. I get to see my demographics afterwards. I get to see whether they listen to it on their computer, their smartphone, their 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 um where whatever kind of device they listen to and then they can download it too and I can see who downloads it and where it's from coming from. And we have a lot of people listening um throughout the United States and um a lot of back east people. And I'm also seeing a lot of people in France, and that could be due to the fact that you did that show in France, and people picked this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's it's, what's it's, happening. It's,
4: you
1: know, it is, it's, and it's
4: amazing. You know, when we first uh, when, when we first did our website and everything, um, there was yeah. really no I mean, there was an internet. It wasn't something that everybody knew about, though. And we, well, you yeah, know, I remember my, I remember Ron looking at this thing. He says, "I think." I think this, this plug here, you know. he
1: said I think I think I see some possibilities. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I just no, had no idea what well, your website's awesome. With. Your website's awesome, but I want to tell you something really quick I noticed when I went on there and I don't know if it's my computer or what, but when I click on the Eiffel Tower to go in and then oh, underneath where about? it says video clip, it says uh-huh. page not found, your no. links aren't working. The John all right, Lennon story redirects me to Homestead. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, the website's under construction. <laughs>
1: yeah. But I can let see me see it. it. I clicked we, on the right links it. and I finally was able to see the stuff. Yeah.
2: When yeah. we
4: when Ron did his album, we used to share the website. And when he uh, when he did his album, we decided to separate it, and uh, uh, we put all our efforts into that one. And and I'm you know. I'm guilty. <laughs> if you want me to help you, let me
1: know. I'm more than happy yes. to help you. Yes. I am, like you said, a multitasker. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I see Also, you're celebrating the 10th anniversary of um, early autumn productions, which is uh, your record company, right? Your record label. Isn't that your record label, guys?
2: Correct. Right. Yes. right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. You have your own record label.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How How rounded is that? What else do you have? You can have instruments that are that are made for you guys too. Now, well, Johny Markley an does that. Player. Gibson does it. We want to see a, we want to see a Ron a, a saxophone and a, a Holly. A, there's nothing Ron can't
4: do. You know, he's he ever, you
3: know,
4: he gets he he gets embarrassed when I do this. But I mean, you know, he he was a. a Player.
1: he can build a house from the ground up i mean they really
2: you build a house you know, carpentry is my other love yeah <laughs> i, I want to hear
1: about I, that
2: i like building things yeah, <laughs>
1: amazing. amazing you, build you know what,
2: building a house? building a, building building a house or or writing the score is, is is all the same you know i mean you it's picture something
3: the <laughs> It's wow. the same
2: thing you you picture it uh you know, you get the plan, uh, and 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 you you know you kind of you gotta you gotta you gotta get that picture in your head, and if you got the picture in your head, it's it's that's that's three quarters of the thing, you know. And then you well, just dedication. do it. You well,
1: know? that's dedication. Yeah. That's dedication. Now, are you? Did you build the house that you're living in? Is that what you built?
2: No, but I've uh, um, I've renovated a lot of houses and, and rebuilt a lot wow. of houses, and I and and I've and I've. You know, I've, I've built uh, smaller smaller things, like uh, two-story sheds and stuff like that, you know. Well, let me I, tell you, built a studio. I built a studio, yeah. Uh, I, a studio. yeah. I mean, I, I, I do all that stuff. Uh, you know, I've never built a, uh, an entire house from the, from the ground up, but I've renovated a lot of houses. Um, and and I enjoy it. It's so hard
1: to pull, huh? hermit yeah,
2: I, I i enjoy it i, I like carpentry carpentry has always yeah. been fun for me that's that's my that's my second love you know
1: well let's see so far on this show i'm sure that we found more about you than anyone ever has expected to find out you are a carpenter you love <laughs> um let's talk about food do you guys like to cook
4: Mm. Actually, I do. The problem is that I also like to eat the food that I cook. So. <laughs> but uh, I do. I like to cook. I, you know, not not all the time for fun. For fun. Yeah. Like no.
1: Cooking. Is so cooking sweet. is one of my passions. I love to cook because um, I like to create things for other people to enjoy, uh-huh. and then also for myself. You know, I'm always. That's how Red Velvet came about to be because. Um, I had to sit, and it was way before anything was coming out red velvet. I was sitting there, I was like, okay, what's my favorite 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 cake? Red velvet. And um, that's how red velvet came oh, to be. Okay. And um, everyone knows I love cupcakes, so there you go, okay. you know. <laughs> well, what's your favorite food to make? What's your favorite stuff to make? Tapas. Oh, my God, tapas. Yeah. Oh, I just, Mediterranean food, healthy stuff. I think that's because I've spent a lot of time in Morocco and um Spain and I've spent a lot of times around the world and um I really enjoy the healthy foods. Um I also love Italian food cuz I grew up with an Itali- I grew up with Italians around me all the time. So I know how to make bergioli, and um I know oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean um uh yeah and people laugh at me, and they're like, Brijolli, what's that? And I said, it's the best thing you'll ever have with homemade sauce. Oh, my God, and gnocchi, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. That's the
2: best. Yeah, yeah. A lot of of parsley and garlic in that, and you roll it up, and that's it. Some cheese, right?
1: exactly, (laughs) exactly. That's, like, perfect. But, you know, I've gotten into baking a lot more, and... um, I've made a lot of really interesting things. I made this really interesting dish the other day with lemon curd and fresh fruit and whipped cream, and you mix it all together and put a few little marshmallows in there and some lemon zest in it. Oh, my God, it's so good. Unbelievable. It like a, a little take on ambrosia or something. Yeah, but it's got vanilla yogurt in it. So, really? it's, good. so it's got, so it's really, it's healthy for you. It's not, there's not really very much sugar in there. The sugar you're getting that from the flavor is from the fruit and from the vanilla Uh-oh, extract.
4: I don't know. And maybe yeah. those marshmallows. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, the marshmallows I put very little in. Yeah. But the marshmallows are a kind of fun thing. But, you yeah, know, cooking is really fun. Cooking is love. And, you know, I always put some really good music on and start cooking and, um, I I, t- I told you, I was listening to both of your CDs last night. It was like I had them in the house. I was blasting them, and I was <laughs> playing them till midnight. <laughs> so I'm sure that um, it didn't matter because I don't really have anyone around. But, um, yeah, That's, <laughs> I like to do that. Good music, um, cooking, and, um, you know, just, just doing my own thing. So I want to ask you, Ron, um, I know we want to wrap this up, but I want to ask you um, about the song Goodbye, which we're going mm-hmm. to end with today. Let's hear the little story behind that song, because that's just a beautiful song.
2: Yeah, by Gordon Jenkins. Um, I recorded that. Um, there was an arrangement that I had written for, for Frank Foster's uh, memorial service. Frank was a dear friend of mine, and... Um, uh, and I never got to play it at his memorial. So, although I did, Angela and I both attended his funeral in the, uh, in Virginia Beach. But they had a memorial service in New York. and uh, And the night of that service, I, I I was out of town and I and I I couldn't be there. So um, I wanted I wanted to record it. Um, but, you know, I wrote the arrangement for Frank, and I just thought, you know, maybe it would be good to put it to put it on my album. So so I dedicated uh, that particular track to Frank Foster. That was my, my wow. goodbye to Frank. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and well, it's really, really beautiful. Go ahead, Angela. What were you going to say? Well, I was, was going to ask you, ask did you happen to uh, to see the YouTube video that we put up? Yep, Excuse- I did. It's beautiful. It's heart-wrenching. There's so much emotion in this, but uh, this isn't to end it on a sad note. I opened it up with my foolish heart. I don't know if you missed that or not, but... He told me that's your favorite song and so yeah, I opened I it up him. with that. <laughs> Being at Valentine's Day is this Friday and oh, by the way guys. You. Yeah, um uh this Friday I just wanna remind everyone there will be a show, um and the show is with H two Um, Sandy Fox. We're celebrating eight years of her water company and the work that she's doing with Deepak Chopra and many other amazing people in the pilgrimage for Mary Magdalene that's coming up to going going into France soon. So um, tune in Friday, and next week we have some really great I'm musician, new music artists. Yeah, and Angela, I want to have you back on. I'd love to. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. And um, like sure. short. Yeah, no, <laughs> are you, you. kidding? Ron, do you have anything you'd like to say to everyone before we go today?
2: Uh, no, uh, other than the fact that I really totally enjoyed sitting here and, and chatting with you. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it was uh, it was nice, and, and your you know, uh, your questions were great, and uh, and 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 just our conversation. I just enjoyed sitting here, kind of doing a little reminiscing. You know, really, do I look backwards? Um, um, I, I don't even think it's healthy, but it's whether it's healthy or not. I, I never. I'm kind of always thinking about what's coming up, and I'm thinking about tomorrow, I'm always looking forward, uh, but every once in a while, you know, just to sit down, and, and to chat with somebody like you, and to and to refresh my memory as to some of the things that I've done in the past, it's kind of fun, uh, so I enjoyed uh, talking with you, and, um, and I want to thank oh, you for having me on. Yeah.
1: I want to thank you, because your music is so inspiring, and it really creates a lot of emotion in people, and... Um, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me, and um, and and you too, Angela. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to anybody today, Angela, before we go?
4: Just a thank you. Holly. That was very nice of you to invite me, and to, and I'm so glad that uh, that you asked Brian all these things because it, it is important for him to to you know to focus on what he's doing musically and everything. And I, I'm just I want everybody to to be able to hear the music and the passion in his playing. And I, I appreciate your questions and your and, and your thoughtful consideration of the songs that, that you played. Really cool. Yeah,
1: Thank you so much. And you know what, Ron? I always like to ask, what, especially with you, because you've played with so many great people. I know that it's at times hard to look back because sometimes there are painful memories there, too, as well with certain things. But you know what, your stories, the way you paint pictures, you painted so many amazing pictures today for people. So I want to thank you so much for allowing me um, into that part of your life and um, allowing me and allowing our listeners to be able to hear that and so if anyone missed this from the beginning it will be on iTunes afterwards and on demand on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio everyone in the chat room thank you for being here and uh, thank you for tuning in and with that we're going to end with goodbye so you guys have a happy Valentine's Day a day of love are you guys going to do anything special?
2: Mm haven't thought uh, about it. <laughs> I
1: shouldn't ask that. Huh? Uh, but, uh, but, you uh, don't want to give it away.
2: Actually, actually, there's a couple of surprises <laughs> that I can't talk about right now. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, yeah have, well, we'll, have a, we'll have a wonderful Valentine's Day, and I hope you have one, too. Me oh, too.
1: yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, and here you guys go. And um, okay. have a beautiful day, everyone. And if you're out there driving, be safe and do not drink and drive. Here you go. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.